Welcome to issue 97 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel, and joining me tonight is Steve. How are you, sir? I am well. Daniel, how are you? I'm great. I got just a couple more days till holiday break for school. If we can just, you know, crawl to the finish line and um, stay yeah, healthy. Yeah. Stay healthy, man. That's what it's all about. Another week or so. Sounds good. <sighs> or maybe even less than that when you're listening to this. It will have already happened. Maybe. Um, <laughs> right. Also joining us tonight, Steve is our dear friend, Mike. Hey, Hi, Daniel. Mike. What's up? I, uh, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. You're happy? I'm happy. Oh. I wonder what that's like. I don't Well, I don't know. Maybe it's a Canadian thing. It must be. It's. This is weird, guys. <laughs> What's that? We celebrated my birthday two weeks ago, I think, in podcast listener land but it's actually my birthday now <laughs> happy birthday brother Basically what happy i want what i'm trying to say is can i have more cake yes please no, but we have some apple crisp oh that's hot damn <laughs> <laughs> um speaking of your birthday speaking of your joy and your happiness and all that mike i bet there's something else on your mind tonight what is it Thanks, Daniel. Uh, no, I just wanted to give another shout out to the community. I had some wonderful side discussions with people, um, some observations on the our YouTube channel and on the discords, uh, just some great discussions about the community and where it is. And uh, just thank you, guys. Thank you very much. And to everyone else out there, just remember, this is like this is such a an odd game in that it can be played so many different ways. Like, Listen to every other podcast and they play the game differently than we do. And it's because they can. They're playing with different house rules, different modular sets, different difficulties. And oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And so, like, it makes it, you know, that knee jerk reaction you have to bring your own biases in when you're looking at a deck or how someone plays the game. It's so different in this particular game because they could very well be playing a different game than you are. It's just, it's neat to sit back and watch. And I, I love what people are doing with this. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you for that, birthday boy. You know, I don't really have those knee-jerk biases because I assume that if someone put a deck up there and wrote about it, that um, they know what they're talking about because I don't. <laughs> well, sometimes you do. You're like, well, that's too fighty for me. That's too straightforward for me. I mean, I won't look at an Iron Man deck. I guess that's a bias. There you go. See? Yeah. see, if, yeah. the, if the deck is called Call for Iron Man, and yes, there is one up there, and it's great, <laughs> you're not going to do it. No, I saw it up there, and I was like, yeah. Yeah. You're missing out. Now, Steve, you're going to tell us what this uh, this issue is really about. But before you do that, I think you have something on your mind. And it has to do with three issues from now. Three issues from now is our 100th issue. And we still have a survey out there linked on the Facebook page. You can still find it on the main Marvel Discord under survey channel. You can still send us if you have, want to send us an audio clip. Read a villainous quote. Sing a villainous parody song. Uh, tell us how you play the game, what you like about the game, or just, you know, compliment us. We're villains. We like to hear nice things about ourselves. So send those in. 
if you still want to. Uh, this might be your last chance. <gasps> Only oh a few goodness. issues oh left. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, thank you for that, Steve. But what are we really here for tonight? You're dropping some knowledge on us, aren't you? I I am. I'm gonna I'm gonna refresh our memories on some knowledge that Mike gave us uh, because we are gonna talk all about I think the hardest scenario in the game, Ronin. Oh, oh yeah, I've played it for 15 minutes. <laughs> yes, you that's... thought you were gonna make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is our final standard issue about the Galaxy's Most Wanted. We will talk Ronin Part 1 today. We'll do Ronin Part 2 next week. And then the following week, we're going to take a look at the campaign as a whole and the mm. campaign challenges. This is like the end of like the sets sort of thing. So, But we need to know about this villain, right? How appropriate that that'll be issue 99. Yeah. Yeah, and oh then we'll, we'll kick off a whole new season with 101. We have some fun stuff lined up for the new season. Oh my gosh. It's like our all our secret plans just revolved around us making sure things lined up at a number that ended in two zeros. Yeah. That is what Evil Genius looks like. I think we sandbagged in there with some hero episodes even. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, where's, it's a flourish on top. We are so smart. So, all right, Steve. There's a lot to talk about tonight. And like you said, it's just part one, Ronan. But I think it's going to be maybe longer than our usual 30 minutes. It might be. I'm looking at what's happening here. And I say, we, you know, we lean into it. We just yeah. takes what it takes. I think Ronan deserves a little extra attention. So Agreed. To start with, our listeners could go back all the way to issue 34, where we talk about the Cree fanatic. That was October 2020. Wow, a long goodness. time ago. I was on the show then. You, yes, you were our, our lore guy for the Kree yep. Fanatic modular set, yes. I think that was my first lore segment as a host of the show. Yeah, I recently re-listened to it. You did a great job. So. Oh, good. What I, I, say? Remember, I bet back then we were like, Ronan could never get harder than this. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> we were so young. We were. All right, oh, so man. I'm going to... Let's talk about who this Ronan the Accuser guy is, okay? So he's one of the first important Kree that we encounter in the comics way back in 1967. Been around. That was a Fantastic Four number 65 from Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Now, way back then, he still had the pink skin because they were still figuring the Kree out. But they soon fixed that and made him a blue-skinned Kree, uh, denoting his nobility and his member... Uh, of the aristocracy and one of the high privileged Cree. What I want to do, because you can go listen to issue 34, is I'm just going to touch on some interesting points throughout Ronan's life. So these are sort of like little bullet points and, and fast facts, not a whole cohesive story. Okay. Per, per se. Okay. So Ronan used to be romantically linked with somebody named Una Rog. You guys, really? you guys know who that is? You ever hear of Rog? Uh, well, I know Yon-Rog. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, Captain Marvel's villain. Right. And Unarog was Yon-Rog's daughter. So Ronan and this Unarog, they used to sleep together uh, before Ronan got elevated to the position of accuser. And uh, she had accused him of being an unsatisfactory lover and claimed that the size of the <laughs> universal weapon was to make up for differences <laughs> elsewhere. 
Now, it's funny you say that because, one, I think in the paragraph above, you actually said he had an aristocratic member. Um, so that oh my goodness, that is interesting. Um, this is in the comics they explore this stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They talk about these things. They sure do. So they yeah. would, they would tongue in cheek in 1967. Directly say, "Well, yeah. no, no, we're we've moved on a little bit oh, already." Okay. okay, all right, yeah, because we talked about the Cree militants and what the Cree males do to the Cree Cree females, right? Yeah. Um. So this Unarag, she revealed to Ronan that her life-draining ability and her various powers first manifested while the two of them were uh, accusing one another. <laughs> so. Uh, special hugs? Special hugs, yeah. That's when it manifested. Okay. Yep. Okay. How does right. she know? Okay. But, I thought, but I thought the size of his universal weapon wasn't up to snuff. It, it wasn't, but. <laughs> the universal weapon, the Corvette of weapons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't even in midlife yet. I mean, he, you know, this is early, early on. So okay. uh, he becomes an accuser and he just drops her. So wait, so he uh, had the universal weapon before being the accuser. I don't, well, I don't know. I, I just know that the two of them were a, an item before. I'm sorry. I thought, I thought the universal weapon was a euphemism. It totally was. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Mike's making it sound like a thing. Oh, that universal weapon. Yeah, it's thinking this harder than it needs to be. Uh-huh. We're talking about the universal weapon, not the universal weapon. Right, right. Okay, so <laughs> moving on. New bullet point. All right, so you, one uh, point. First off, Steve, can I, I'm sorry, I hate, I hate to stop yeah, you, but no, I, I just it. want to, as an English teacher, I really appreciate your deep dive into metaphor in this write-up. Oh, you're welcome, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Thank uh, you. Thank you for it. You're welcome. Okay, so we move on to another important moment in Ronan's life where he attempts to overthrow the Cree Supreme Intelligence. Uh, the Cree Supreme Intelligence, it's the ruler of the Cree Empire. It's sort of a giant brain in a jar. Maybe it's a computer. It, it, Ronan is very loyal to the Cree, but not so much to the Cree Supreme Intelligence. He's never been a fan of it. Uh, and at a certain point, he believes that he could do better for the Cree. So him and someone named Zarek, who is the Cree imperial minister, they try to dismantle the supreme intelligence, and he tries to take over the Cree. But he is stopped by the very first captain, Marvell. That sort of sets the stage for his relationship with this, you know, the supreme intelligence. Now we fast forward some more, and did you know that he was not just the accuser, but he was also the warden? Oh. Hmm. So there's a, a comic book line called Maximum Security where Earth becomes a giant prison planet, basically because humanity is just terrible. And the rest of the galaxy says, no, you're all you're all criminals. You're all locked up. We're just going to make Earth quarantined. None of you humans are allowed to leave. And we're going to create a, a warden and it will be Ronan. Oh, that is so, so funny. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we don't want you in our galaxy. Just, just stay on your own planet. And you're, we're going to have Ronan keep you there. Well, good idea, actually. Yeah. Now, there are some interesting prisoners on Earth uh, beyond all of, you know, like the Avengers and X-Men and all those terrible people as it is. But his former lover, Una Rog, ends up being in prison there along with her brother because they're both also pretty terrible criminals. And they get shipped there like prison transfer from one planet to another. You go live on Earth. We don't want you anymore. Wow. Yeah. 
And it turns out later on that Ronan is actually being punished by being the warden. It's he's he's serving community s- service. He's like got a sentence for community service, so he works that out by being the warden of Earth. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> it gets a little bit interesting here too because at a certain point, Ronan ends up with an Infinity Stone, and on our Earthly prison planet is another very famous character. Ego. Did you guys see the yep. Guardians Galaxy 2? Now, Ego is a planet himself, basically. Yep. Okay. Uh, but he becomes part of the prisoners trapped on Earth. Wait, a planet Wait, is a what? prisoner on Earth? Yeah, so he's okay. he, he can change his shape and take different forms and things like that. So I've learned to go with this stuff when you guys start story timing. Go with it. He's a celestial... Uh, <laughs> So he's also one of the prisoners. Now Ronan has a power stone, and he utilizes that and is able to act as a conduit for Ego's power. And he starts to steal Ego's power while he's there, basically gaining all these godlike abilities, making Ronan even more powerful. Until this jerk Quasar shows up. Uh, and oh, I hate that guy. Yeah, he disconnects the, the, the power siphon. He steals the power away from Ronan. Zooms in, he breaks it all up, ruins ronin's day and then flies away so that kind of stinks for ronin uh, but it turns out it's kind of a good thing for earth because ego was really playing ronin not the other way around and he was preparing to merge with earth and take earth over utilizing ronin to do it so mm. yeah oh okay well it's a good thing you know good thing for the heroes that never happened or ronin would be unbeatable with all that power unbeatable true uh he's almost unbeatable now Okay, so we're going <laughs> to... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we zoom forward ahead, ahead in time. We zoom forward ahead in time, another story. There's a Marvel-wide something called the Annihilation event. It spans a whole lot of comics. Um, and after the Annihilation event, basically the Kree are wiped out. The Supreme Intelligence is, def- is destroyed, and the only one who's basically left standing from the smoking ruin is Ronan. And by popular demand of his people, he becomes the emperor. They, they, he's, he's the savior of the Kree and they elect him emperor or they, I don't, I don't know if they vote him in, but they approve of him becoming their emperor. So he does get to be the emperor of the Kree. He does. Now this the Supreme Intelligence, I don't, they've played around with how it comes to be, whether it's, you know, a seed or something else that creates it. Like That's not the final incarnation of the Kree Intelligence, is it? No, it, it'll come back like any good Marvel character. It's not gone forever yet. Uh, but at this point, it's it's gone, and we have Emperor. We have Ronan the Emperor. So he's been an accuser, a warden, an emperor. Um, and next, we're gonna, we'll jump ahead a little bit where he becomes Ronan the husband. Good. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's married. He gets married. Or awesome. He, he got married. Uh, that's, so far, that's sweet. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's the lonely kind of guy. It's tough being an accuser. Um, so following the story. Yeah, it is. Um, so following the secret invasion run where the Skrulls try to infiltrate Earth and the Inhumans seek, the, the Inhumans, like, seek to reconnect with the Kree, um, somehow Black Bolt becomes the Emperor of the Kree. So this is some time after Ronin was, right? And Ronin is forced to submit to Black Bolt's rule. Now, Black Bolt is a king of the inhumans and now he's the emperor of the kree as well and we know that he can't speak right his voice can just like kill you or shatter things it's super powerful so they call him the silent king but black bolt 
understands that like in medieval times, any good empire, how do you, how do you connect various baronies or countries into one empires? You marry oh, people you, off. Yeah. You force the people who are not you to marry other people. Right. So Black Bolt does this and Ronan, well, I guess maybe it's more like Ronan wants it, but Ronan ends up marrying Crystal, who is Black Bolt's sister-in-law. Black Bolt's married to Medusa. This is Medusa's sister. So Ronan and Crystal get married. And after a time, they grow to care for one another. They they warm up to one another. And their marriage um, is a positive thing for both of them. Until, at a certain point, Black Bolt steps down as the emperor because the Kree have returned. Maybe the Supreme Intelligence is back. I can't I can't quite remember all the details here. But Black Bolt steps down as the emperor of the Kree. And he dissolves the marriage between the two of them to both of their dismays. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. like it's it's right when right when it's about to get going, he cuts it out. Yep. And people call him hero. No, absolutely not. Uh, you got this happy family, and you just force a separation. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're gonna skip ahead again. Boom, boom. We're gonna skip ahead to the Black Vortex storyline. So we've mentioned the Black Vortex before, right? Oh yes. Yep. That's quite the story. In this storyline, uh, the planet Hala is destroyed uh, due to the Black Vortex. Uh, Ronan using it. I blame the Guardians of the Galaxy for the whole thing. It's pretty much their fault the Black Vortex is out there. Yeah, pretty much. Anyhow, yeah. But the, basically his home planet gets destroyed. He's totally full of grief. He blames himself for the destruction. He also uh, will say that he had he became weaker after his marriage ended to Crystal. Like, he, he blames that as a piece of why he wasn't strong enough. Well, he also disobeys the, the supreme intelligence. Right. It says, don't use it. He says, I'm going to use it. Yeah, he's, he's like... It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he, he, he does attribute that moment of weakness to the loss of Crystal in his life. He's just totally distraught, and he decides he's going to try to end his own life. And his estranged wife, Crystal, she shows up, and she stops him. And together with uh, Marvel Boy, they are able to actually revive the Supreme Intelligence, which had been destroyed with the destruction of Hala. And Ronan sort of gains a new purpose in bringing back his people and the planet and stuff like that. So you can see he's in a lot of these different galaxy-wide storylines. Hmm. Eventually, we skip ahead to like 2018. So we're kind of in the, one of the more recent storylines. There's a storyline called Death of the Inhumans. And this is where Ronan faces off against like a returning group, faction group of the Kree. They're not happy about anything that happened on Hala. They're not happy with Ronan at all. They blame him for everything. Somehow they defeat him, they capture him, and they start converting him into a cyborg. So maybe Dr. Mandibus works with them? I don't know. So <laughs> <laughs> He's getting re- parts of his body replaced with these cyborg cybernetic implants. And it's slowly turning him into like a mindless cyborg. And he realizes that he's no longer really the Ronin that he wants to be. So what does he do? He goes and he asks his old frenemy, Black Bolt, to help him out and to end him before that happens. And in 2018, in the Death of the Inhumans, Volume 1, Number 13, the silent king Black Bolt obliges Ronin and speaks. And Ronan dies. Wow. Yeah. 
So I will point out that uh, if that was a hero in that in that position, that the heroes would have done something crazy and weird that spanned another storyline and saved that person. They obviously don't care about Ronan. It's right. sad. It's sad. It's sad. It is sad. Now, I read another series, which slots in here kind of up near, I don't know, Annihilation, maybe. Um, have you guys heard of the Annihilators? Uh, yeah. Didn't I talk about that? I you did. Talk about episode 35. I definitely talked about the Annihilators. Yeah, I read that series. That is great. That is like... Isn't it wild? Yeah, it's a series with Silver Surfer, Ronin, Quasar, uh, Gladiator. Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, Beta Ray Bill. All these uh, icon, um, all these Alpha Plus power characters who become a galaxy protecting force in the universe, right? Like they, they're the new Guardians of the Galaxy. They're the new Avengers. Like they go on and they stop these terrible events from happening. And they're all super powerful in their own right. So you put them all together. Um, it's really fun. Uh, really cool art. And you get to see Ronan uh, swing his hammer around and uh, and have a good time. So yeah. kind of being a hero. So Now, read that series and tell me that the Ronin in our game is too strong. Whoa, right. Like, no, no way. No way. No way. They absolutely got it on point. Yeah. That's the series, I think, where, uh, and you, you commented this, where it's like, this universal weapon can do all these amazing cosmic yeah. level things, but... It's also just a big hammer. <laughs> Smack. Whack. <laughs> it can rearrange matter at will. Right. Uh, it, it's potent. But it can only be used by an accuser. That's the flaw in the hammer. Or the, oh. safe, the safeguard in the hammer. I was going to say, I'm not calling that a flaw. Yeah, it's a safeguard. Well, you've seen the movie, right, Daniel? Yeah. The Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, yeah. Ronan's wandering around and he's got his hammer. And all he's doing is kind of pointing it at people and they're being shot back by some weird force. He's not really using it as a hammer. He's using it as a like magic wand almost. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's because that hammer just does everything. It doesn't it's not a hammer. Right. It's only a hammer because he sometimes hits people with it. Yeah, and in the movie, The Guardians of the Galaxy One, he gets a power stone, right? And he adds it to the universal weapon. So it amplifies the power of the hammer. And the point is he's gonna go down to the planet. And if he can touch the planet with the hammer, which is now amplified by the power stone, he can remake the matter of the entire planet. Like, so yep. they, you know, just, just destroy the planet. They, they still play into that, but he, you know, they add the power stone needing to like amplify its, its abilities. So it's really fun. Wow. Yeah. Well, we have some cards. Well, first, thanks, Steve. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, thanks a lot. So there's what? Five cards, six cards as usual? Oh, there's a few <laughs> more than that. What we want to do is we're going to talk about the villain the main schemes and all the cards that you have to start with uh, or come out with the villain. So there's quite a few of them. Well, Steve, you should tell us about, uh, about Ronan himself. Yes, Steve. Tell us about Ronan. Are you sure? Are you sure it's me, Mike? <laughs> okay. Uh, Ronan the... <laughs> that joke is going to get old at some point, but not Never. yet. <laughs> It'll be the longest running gag in podcast history. Podcast history, no. yeah. All right, Ronan the Accuser is a unique villain. So his level one, he has a two scheme, two attack. He's traded Accuser Core and Kree. He has toughness and forced interrupt. When Ronan the Accuser activates against you, give him one additional boost card if you control the Power Stone. Okay. His level two, 
Ronan the Accuser is a two-scheme, three-attack Accuser Core, Cree, Toughness. When revealed, search the encounter deck and discard pile for Cut the Power side scheme and reveal it. Also has the Forced Interrupt when Ronan the Accuser activates against you. Give him one additional boost card if you control the Power Stone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, Ronan, three. Three scheme. Four attack. Four. Accuser Core. Cree. Retaliate one. Toughness. When revealed, search the encounter deck and discard pile for the superior tactics side scheme and reveal it. Forced interrupt. When Ronan the Accuser activates against you, give him one additional boost card if you control the Power Stone. And his health is 14 per player on level 1, 18 per player on level 2, and 25 hit points per player (laughs) on level 3. 25! 100 hit points in a 4-player game. Well, the game is too easy. Right. The game is too easy. Okay, so he clearly has some of the highest stats. His toughness in all of them. He gains retaliate at a certain point. He's pulling out various side schemes. And he's going to get two boost cards most of the time. I mean, you don't want him to have the Power Stone. No, you don't. You don't. Because he's plus one, plus one with the Power Stone to all his stats. But do you want him to have an extra boost? And as we'll touch on later, you can't. He can't have the Power Stone in many cases. Right, not if you want to win. Yeah. 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 Also, he he's accuser core. He's not accuser traded. He's accuser core. Uh, right. Are, are there other accuser things out, out there? I don't know. I'm really curious now. Me too. Well, we could see he's just pretty tough to start with. The only thing he's missing is like steady or stalwart. But maybe yeah, he is. yeah. Yeah, he that's is. about it. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't one of you guys tell us all about what schemes he's up to? All right. Interception imminent. This is main scheme 1A. Content is the usual. Ronan the Accuser 1 and 2, or 2 and 3 if you're playing expert mode. You, of course, have Ronan the Accuser, the Power Stone set, the Ship Command set, the Standard Encounter set, and one Modular Encounter set. Oh, let's just say Cree Militants. Mm-hmm. Set up with the Cree <laughs> Command ship environment in, and the Milano support into play. Attach the Universal Weapon to Ronan the Accuser. Not that Universal Weapon, the other one. And attach the power stone <laughs> to the first player. So you actually get to start with the power stone. Lucky you. Lucky you. Lucky you. <laughs> so Ronan's getting a bonus boost card right off the bat. I mean, it's not like he has extra attacks against you round one or anything like that. No. no. That'd be, that'd be unheard of. That'd be unheard of. <laughs> Ronan, the accuser's forces have, have ambushed the Milano, aiming to steal the power stone. With some quick wit and expert piloting, you may be able to halt their advance. That's all it's going to take, guys. First player action. Exhaust the Milano to remove three threat from this scheme. Starts with two per player. Goes up by two per player each round. Seven per player threshold. Yeah, it's tight. It's tight. It's super easy. You have this first player action. You just use the Milano every round, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. No problem. I mean, you didn't just shuffle in all the... Ship command cards that want you to exhaust the yeah. Milano. Yeah. yeah, or pull out any of those side schemes that say you need to do use the Milano to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about where that first scheme advances to. Take what is mine. Scheme Main scheme 2A. Ronan the Accuser's ship has docked with yours. Boarding the Milano, he makes one strike of his universal weapon to knock you off your feet. Before you're able to recover, he grabs the Power Stone. When revealed, attach the power stone to Ronan the Accuser. If it is already attached to him, give him a face-down boost card. Wow. That's good. 
that's good, right? It makes sure it doesn't whiff. Yeah, that's good. So you flip it over. 2B, take what is mine, his main scheme, has 10 threat per player threshold. Ronan the Accuser holds the Power Stone, wrests it from his control before it's too late. While the Power Stone is attached to Ronan the Accuser, threat cannot be removed from this scheme. And if this stage is completed, the players lose. Shows up with one threat per player and goes up plus two per player. Yeah. That turns out to be a really big deal. Yeah, you have a very <laughs> limited number of rounds if you can't get the Power Stone off of Ronin. And a super quick reminder, the Power Stone requires your hero to do three damage to the villain to take it from him, right? Yeah. And Ronin's got tough, and we're putting the Kree militants in. They have guard. Um, not the easiest thing in the world to yank the Power Stone off of Ronin. So. He's got things that will just get it back right away. Yeah. So you can't time this. You can't say, oh, no, no, we'll wait a couple rounds and then our justice player will take this down. No, because he could just steal it right back from under your nose. You got to yeah. be on top of this. Yep. I got to tell you, the first time I played against Ronan, I sort of missed the whole plus two per player that it goes up by. Um, oh. <laughs> I think I was so used to uh, things going up by one. I, and I maybe I blocked out that he was just this good right off the bat first <laughs> game or so and then it's like oh i've been playing this wrong i just made it harder for myself by actually reading the card that's why you shouldn't do it daniels is that all the time yep what, what are you gonna read you're just gonna read a whole bunch of stuff you don't want to hear so but now he we've already mentioned a whole bunch of other cards that come with this guy um just in the setup or when uh one of his villain forms shows up right right so steve what is this Cree command ship all about Okay, so Cree Command Ship starts in play at the start of the game, okay? Uh, and this is the counter to the Milano. The heroes get the Milano. Ronan is flying his Cree Command Ship. So it is a unique card, an environment card. It has aerial and vehicle trait. It just has a simple hazard icon on it and the ability first player interrupt. When a treachery card is revealed from the encounter deck, exhaust the Milano and spend one resource of any type Cancel that card's when revealed effects. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. it In solo, you're automatically playing heroic. There's a, yeah. there's a second encounter card every single turn. But they give you the ability to use the Milano to, like, if that second card, that first card is a treachery, to cancel the when revealed effects of the card, which seems great if you could ever use the Milano. <laughs> so. When I can't, like, this is one of the prime targets for it right here. Like, I, I almost consider, like, from the ship command set, oh, stun myself or exhaust the mono. Yeah, I'll stun myself, because the next card is going to be Ronin attacking you three times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it it definitely ramps up the difficulty uh, just by having that second encounter card, because his encounter cards are difficult. But you're almost always going to have the Milano available for this, right? Uh, Depends. Oh, wait, this is... Because it's a hero action during the player phase where you use the Milano to take things off and do stuff, right? Right, and then it readies up. And then it readies up, so... and But you do have the ship command cards in there that you might you could cancel with the Milano, which sure. you could cancel with this. Sure. Um, the catch is, is that if you cancel something with the Milano first, and then you get something like Rogue Vessel, right. where everyone gets auto damage every round until the Milano exhausts, and gets rid of it, then you just have an extra round of pain. Yeah. So it's a, it's 
It's almost a push your luck mechanic. Sure. In multiplayer, all those cards in the ship command set have peril on them. Oh, yeah. This is a first player interrupt. Those have peril. So your third player might think, oh, I don't want to stun myself or whatever. So they might use the Milano and you, you want to be like, no, no, wait until this comes up or something like that. And and I misspoke. It's not really available every round because if you use it in the villain phase, you're not using it in the following hero phase. Correct. Right. So, Which yeah. you might want to use. Well, to you want to. Threat. Yeah. Yep. The theme is neat because in the schemes, he's chasing you with a ship. So you, you know, you use the ship to outmaneuver him removing threat. Or down here, he's... I don't know, he's shooting at you or he's doing whatever with the command ship and you're using the Milano to evade it. So there's a neat theme there. It's just, ooh, Ronan's got a nice advantage. So, mm -hmm. But this is not the only card that starts out oh, there. No. no. He's got the universal weapon. Right? <laughs> right? He's got he an attachment. Oh boy, this is a weapon. It's a weapon traded. Attached to Ronan the Accuser. Yep. Ronan the Accuser gains stalwart. That's a keyword. There it is. Yep. Plus one scheme, plus one attack. Hero action. Take two damage and deal yourself one face down encounter card. To shuffle universal weapon into the encounter deck. Oh, well, at Special least it boost. can come out as a boost. Oh, wait. Attach universal weapon to Rodin the Accuser. <laughs> this is so, oh, so painful. Like, yeah, I took two damage and it came right back out. Or as the deck gets smaller and smaller, you really have to pay attention oh. when do you do it right you don't want to shuffle into a deck that's four cards left oh um, yeah unless there's... unless you're playing somebody like scarlet witch and you're going to hex bolt so you might be able to get rid of it yeah. using her hex bolt that sort of thing you know the only other thing i was playing a game once and uh, i had a really bad round i basically did nothing i was getting rid of a couple things and then i i just threw out target acquired and it just happened mm -hmm. to hit this card, and they're like, MVP right there. Yep. The crappy turn just got rid of the universal weapon. Yeah. Uh, Target Acquired uh, worked really well against the first iteration of Ronin, his Kree Fanatic modular set, because you could use that to prevent Ronin himself from coming out. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? You're like, I'm just putting Target Acquired in every one of my decks I'm going to play it. So here's another good use, like, to for Ronan again to keep this weapon um, from coming out. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You have to damage yourself, deal yourself a face-down encounter card mm -hmm. to get this in the deck, and then hope it doesn't... Hope it comes out as a boost card so you can target acquired it while there's a hazard icon in play. Maybe yeah. more than one hazard. So your odds aren't good. And we have no cards that can manipulate the deck yet. No, not like that. It, it, it just hex bolts, basically, right? Yeah. Um, now, I did find that my victories as a hero against Ronin were when I got rid of this card because I was able to stun or confuse Ronin. Oh, I see. Um, if your deck doesn't stun or confuse, can you just deal with the extra plus one, plus one? But if you're focused on stunning and confusing, which is the way I managed to take him down, I cheated like a hero would do. Um, I had to remove this, and I removed it right away, first round or second round, took the damage, got the extra card, and it was in the discard pile for an entire... Oh, no, I guess it was in the it was in the deck um, for an entire playthrough, so there's a lot of cards still for it to get shuffled into. Uh, and since I was stunning him a lot, 
he wasn't getting boost cards. So, oh but, yeah. Right. I mean, it still could come up as a regular encounter card, but yeah. When we played him, we weren't stunning. We were using a dedicated defender and a lot of uh, chumps, but we still got rid of it because that plus one damage was significant. Mm-hmm. Whether it was the piercing, the overkill, or just whatever the defender could handle. Because that puts Ronin the Accuser version 3 at 4 scheme and 5 attack before a boost card. Yeah. And likely he'll have the Power Stone making him a 6 before boost yeah. cards. And if he doesn't, lucky you, no, because you have the Power Stone. And now he's got another boost card. <laughs> oh, yeah. this is... This this guy knows this is a villain. But we aren't done. We aren't done. What? The, the Mount Doom of this game. Yeah. I cut the power. Uh, is a side scheme with a crisis icon. Comes out with three threat per player. Has a special boost icon. And that is to choose to either exhaust the Milano or place two threat on the main scheme. Oh. This card is brutal. It just, just seems mean. Just seems mean. It's mean, and you cannot afford a hazard icon in this quest. Or, mm. or a, crisis. Not a hazard. A crisis. You cannot afford a crisis icon in this scenario. No, you're already on a razor's edge with threat. Yeah. And this is why I found the the headhunter set difficult, because its final card you add in there, if you defeated the headhunter four times, is another crisis icon. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I mean, you have this crisis icon. You have the guys that have patrol that are in there. You have, if he has yep. the power stone, you can't thwart the main scheme anyways. If he's, you know, if you're playing on expert. So I do like the art here. We, what do we have? Is a, a captain or a commando of the Cree ripping out the wiring of the Milano. Yeah, so that's cool. But Steve, what really makes him superior? Well, let me tell you, Daniel. It's his tactics. What? Yeah. Version 3 automatically brings out the side scheme superior tactics. It is a side scheme, and Ronan the Accuser's advanced Cree training and fanatical determination make him an opponent like no other. True that. Can't argue that. Uh, the Power Stone cannot be unattached from Ronan the Accuser. Oh. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. 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 When revealed, attach the Power Stone to Ronan the Accuser. If it is already attached to him, place one threat per player here. It already starts with two threat per player and has two boost icons. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. I mean, you can see they've learned from previous games, right? If, if savvy players would go, oh, he hurts me more if I take the stone, so don't take the stone. So the set punishes you for not taking the stone. It's great design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You... Certainly villainous. Yeah, it's not terrible to get rid of if, um, you know, with only two threat per player, that's not the worst. But if you, but if you already has, uh, you don't want to have to deal with more threat. But it it is the worst, right? It's it's all of these on their own, they're fine. It's when you get them back to back, you have a cut the power and side and main scheme two and superior tactics. Once you get down that, once the snowball has started going, mm-hmm. you've got one turn to deal with it. Yeah, because you're you're putting two threat per player out as it is. You only have a couple rounds per main scheme before he just threats out, assuming additional threat doesn't end up on the main scheme somehow. Yeah. 
I mentioned this before, and when we played three player, all three of us had some amount of thwarting. One person was a combat slash thwart, one was defense slash thwart, and then I was Ms. Marble entirely thwart to the point where if a card was not a thwarting card, I wanted to play it to get it out of my deck because if I wasn't drawing two thwart cards per turn, we were dead. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt Ronin is a Mustafa level villain. <laughs> oh my goodness. For sure. I would like to think that even I mean, he couldn't complain about it. Right. I don't think he could. A lovely challenge if you're up to it. Well, he'll find something. He'll find the, the crack in the armor of Ronin somehow. Maybe the art on Universal Weapon. Uh, <laughs> that's maybe my only complaint. Because Ronin's way cooler than that, that art there. <laughs> he kind of looks like an Ewok. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a difficult set. And if you're up for that sort of challenge, it's a lot of fun. If you're not up for that challenge... Don't start with ease and play. I've said it many times, but just play the game you want to play. <laughs> if you're playing with your kid, you can make this fun. Yeah, you can put in additional... Uh, you can put in other modular sets. If you were to put in modular sets with far fewer minions or minions that don't have guard and patrol, that changes the game a lot. Yeah. Um, you don't necessarily want to put in, like under attack where you just keep adding more cards to Ronin himself because he just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But there, there are sets out there that have fewer minions and ones that are less potent. Folks, it's time to dust off your bomb scare. Yeah. And bomb scare itself confuses you, which isn't good. <laughs> so yeah. never mind, folks, it's time to dust <laughs> off your what's what's a better one. I still put in bomb scare. Uh, I don't I'm know. Dust off your bomb scare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you really don't like it, flip over Green Command set shit. Sure. And and if you're look if you're not looking for the hardcore challenge, you're not playing on expert. So you know when you go from one to two, you're gonna go get cut the power. So you maybe you're prepared for it, right? You're you're ready to remove that three threat per player because um, it doesn't do anything else. It's just three, you know, a crisis. Um, now the interesting piece mm-hmm. too is cut the power and superior tactics. They're in the deck normally, so they could just come up anyhow. And since you are playing two cards around, like in a solo game, you have that hazard icon. There's a good chance they show up. You clear them. You flip Ronin. You got to bring them right back out, or something like that happens. I don't have my set on me. How many copies of each of those are there? There's only one of cut the power mm-hmm. and superior tactics. Mm-hmm. There's a third side scheme uh, we'll talk about next week that has two copies. So, okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Yep. There's only, if you play with three militants, there's only four side schemes in the deck outside of campaign mode. So mm-hmm. we'll talk campaign next week, uh, two weeks. Well, this is quite the ride. That was a lot of fun. And it's just the start. Mike, how did the good people get hold of us? Hey, folks, I want to know your stories. I want to know how, I want to hear how Ronan pummeled you into the ground. Email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We are Critical Encounters on Facebook, and you can find our YouTube channel by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast. And on Discord, we are Vardane, Big Foam Loaf, and Wandering Took. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Ronin, take us out. There is no discussion. No debate. You are guilty. Guilty.